it's all good for me, bro. Okay. All right. So uh, let's start an episode. Let's kick it off. 18. Uh, what are we doing here? Okay, theme song coming up. Yes, you are at Ear and Loathing. I know you've been waiting all week. And here we are with episode 18. We can vote. Yeah! Legal in some states. Just in time for our votes not to count anymore. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever really count? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so we are the Gitmo Bros. We continue to be the number one rockers forever. No matter what episode number it is, we're always number one rockers forever. You know and that. continue to be the Gitmo Bros. And we continue to do that as well. Yes. Yeah. Gitmo Bros. <laughs> Gitmo Bros. <laughs> and uh, I guess as we're, uh, we're, as we're sitting here contemplating this episode, we come to the conclusion that George is in the torture chamber. Oh, I am. The George-ter chamber. It seems like I just was. Uh, <laughs> still, that last episode is still fresh in my mind. It was smarting. It is smarting. It still smarts. If we get a couple more dudes on the show, we can, you know, delay the torture chamber for ourselves. It's a good reason to do it. It's like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> That's so what we need. Give, is a couple. You more give dudes me sixty dollars, <laughs> and then two weeks from now, I'll give you. <laughs> yeah, just a couple two tree guys. Was uh, were any of you involved in cocaine pyramids in the eighties? <laughs> a few friends sort of, of mine were. <laughs> give me all your cocaine, and then <laughs> I was involved in a beer rhombus. <laughs> Uh, don't ask me what that means. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> I was involved in a Tylenol tussle. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, episode 18, you're ready, you're in loathing. And I guess, George, if you're ready to uh, to prepare something for us, or if you've prepared something for us, we I can have. now um, check in. Well, let's let's get the uh, stamp of approval from our, our, our hillbilly buddy. Yes. What, what do you say? Yes. Hi there. Welcome to Kibbit's Corner. <laughs> so Clem needs to know what your topic is about. today. Well, you know, speaking of, uh, of, of comedy and of, of Clem, yeah. I have a simple question. What the fuck happened to comedy? Where did it go? Mm. Where are comedy movies? Where is any, where's a big release, a big summer comedy? Where's, where's comedy now? What do you, where do you guys watch stuff and what do you enjoy? Because... I can't find anything, and it seems to me that it's even. And I've read, and, then, and I had to Google. If like an idiot, I'm like, I had to Google what's happened to comedy. Where's comedy in 2022? What's coming out? Yeah, and and there's articles about the conclusions of why we are where we are with comedy. And I thought, as the Gitmo Bros, I think we we do a good job of being funny and handling, you know, controversial subjects mm -hmm. well. Because part of this is woke culture and not being being afraid to do stuff and i think what we've handled uh uh unwanted pregnancy yeah we've handled racism black lives matter um john bon jovi all three huge <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's fucking nothing funny about him 
don't know. It's a good question. I, I wonder it? if I wonder if it's easier to do and get away with. Uh, I wonder if it has anything to do with people are doing uh, podcasts more, including <laughs> many, 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 many comedians uh, yeah. have their own podcast stuff and are maybe getting their rocks off that way. And it's it's less like, I don't know, maybe the rains are less uh, severe or they perceive them to be. And so they don't have to do it. I bet you that like studios are like, dude, we're going to get hollered at. We, you know, we try some fucking shit. We're going to get fucking hollered at and fuck it. You yeah, know, or or it goes to streaming, maybe. Yeah, you know what? It does, but then you don't like that. That was part of my research in this. Is so last night I tried to watch the new comedy, the new Kevin Hart comedy, oh, which, is called, which is called The Man from Toronto. Okay. Which I'd heard things might be good, and Woody Harrelson's in it. I tried to watch it twice, fell asleep both times. <laughs> I woke up, went back to where I was, and this was early. This was like nine o'clock. You know, I know this happens when you get older, <laughs> but I, and I couldn't, it's just not funny. Then I went and read the reviews and, you know, it was supposed to be a studio release, like into a theater. And then mm. they went, nah. right. and it just, it's just not funny. Well, and it, and then the other thing is, um, I thought, well, you know, Judd Apatow is the guy that's always active in any kind of studio comedy, comedy for years. Even if he's not involved, they're like, let's get him anyway, just to make sure this <laughs> goes well. Yeah. And and he, and he has a movie, which did you guys call The Bubble, that came out in April. I didn't even know it was out. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, and it was rough. So, yeah, the, it, the reviews were bad. I didn't know it was even out, Aaron, so you saw it? Well, I, it's, it's, it's streaming. I wouldn't go to a fucking, like, I can't imagine going to a theater to see a comedy these days. And, yeah. And, and, and I saw that, and it was fucking bad, dude. Bad. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, bad, I, bad, I, bad, 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 bad. And I just don't, so I don't understand where it went, were... And I even thought, and of course, Top Gun made me think of this, that there's an audience out there for for comedies, for the kind of comedies we used to see. Mm -hmm. We're out here. And does it eventually become, and someone brought this up on an article on the internet, someone said, does it eventually become like classic rock music where, you know, will studios open up a classic comedy division where you just make movies that you might be offended by these, but this generation of people won't, so... We're going to put these out and they'll, will that eventually happen? Because the thing about comedies is it's always good with the margin for profit because they don't cost a lot. Right. That's the thing that blew me away about Man from Toronto. It's an action comedy. It was not inexpensive. There's a lot of, you know, falling out of a plane and stunts and driving and all sort of shit in it. And I'm like, I wonder if they don't have the courage of their comedy convictions. They're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. but it's more than that. Because if they try to pitch it, maybe. To mm-hmm. people, they're like, yeah, we don't, there's no space for that right now. Yeah. So you make it an action thing and then we can sort of, you know, catch catch somebody else, you know, not if somebody's offended by whatever, 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 or I don't know. No, it's right. interesting. It's right. true. Well, like, like where, you're, where you're saying like um, a movie like uh, those rock, the movies with the rock in them, right. like Jungle Cruise or those kind of whatever the other one he's in with the Jumanji. Yeah, where that's right. considered a comedy, and I don't mean that. I don't mean a family. I yeah. mean the thing with Will Ferrell in it and Adam Sandler and all the yeah. all the guys that were comedians. And that's one thing that did occur to me about this that I was I was blown away by, but is true. So Saturday Night Live for our our entire lives has been that is the pipeline for comedy stars in this country, and has been for okay. So um, Pete Davidson. Recently left the show to go be a star now. And he has, he's in movies, he's in commercials, he's in everything. And it occurred to me, he's the first person 
ever from Saturday Night Live, that he's leaving to go be a star, and he wasn't a star on Saturday Night Live. He's not a star because of Saturday Night Live. He wasn't that good. He doesn't do characters. He wasn't really on the show that much. And then he started fucking some girls, and apparently has a big dong. And so now he's a star. And I thought, that's unprecedented, and that's maybe where comedy's going, if you will, because like what Aaron said, I realized that because of podcasts, because of like, where do I get my laughs? And it's maybe on TikTok where I see a a minute long video and I get a little giggle out of it and then I move on, of course. But but as far as a movie in a theater or even watching one on streaming and liking it, it just, is comedy dead or where is it? So what's your answer, Damon? I don't know that we're entitled to be constantly guffawing like 24 hours a day yeah i don't remember it ever being like that yeah but when you did see a comedy that was funny it was funny like here's here's a note you know i'm gonna act like a studio and uh give kevin hart some notes okay <laughs> kevin start with funny things <laughs> S- say jokes and do have funny situations like i think you and i were talking about this george a couple we were, weeks ago we, we were, were saying yeah. like this I've tried to watch Kevin because, by the way, I think he's a likable guy, and uh, I like a couple of things I saw him do on SNL. Um, but then I so I said, okay, I like this guy. Let me check out his stand-up. I I couldn't make it past like five minutes yeah. because his version of a joke is walking out on stage and going, "I have a kid. He's six. And boy, is he a kid." That and people <laughs> scream laughing at that, right. and I don't get. I, he has, you can't beat his energy these days, and so the energy apologizes for the laughs. I think, and people are just down for the ride. You know, you're like, yeah, that's energy. A, they that, love it, and I don't get it. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. But like, that's the move. Is that the energy can win out sometimes with some dudes? Well, yeah. I was, funny, inter- I was interested in watching, trying to watch Man from Toronto because you and I discussed this a few weeks ago about Kevin Hart specifically. And what we were interested in is that, so even his movie didn't make it in the theaters because he's, they won't let a lot of people make comedies now, studio comedies. I mean, this Man from Toronto is from Sony. It's a studio comedy, big budget, Woody Harrelson, whatever, effects. And, and even he, even they saw that and went, well, this isn't going to theaters. So, because I can't think of other than possibly Seth Rogen, someone they'll give money to and say, "Okay, you can make a comedy." Yeah, I can't think of anybody else. Everybody Who loses else- money though if they stream it? They don't have to pay for theaters. I mean, if they if they've yeah. taken the 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 um taken the temperature of America's temperature, yeah, ninety eight point six, and fucking you know the way they're taking it too. You know, yeah. and they don't like so like why <laughs> why risk renting the theaters? Why risk right. a a especially in these days where you can say we got so many views, we set record views. People are interested in this as long as they don't have to leave their house. Right. Well, I certainly think there's not, it doesn't expose them in any kind of a a real way. So you can have a victory that maybe isn't actually truly a victory because I guess presumably Netflix pays you. They give you 25 million bucks or whatever and all done and you're finished and bird in the hand. Yeah. I think that's part of it too. The elephant in the room or as Brad Paisley says, the, what did he say? The, uh, the, the elephant in the south, or what was his stupid line? Oh, oh would like get yeah, right the yeah because uh, yeah, he's an apologetic white man and yeah, he yeah. still has his he's Leonard Skinner shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he had a line about the elephant in the room, but he yeah, changed right. it so right. it said like the elephant in the south or right, something. Right. Fucking god! I was with somebody the other day who said something. They were talking about that, not the song, but they were talking about 
an elephant being in the room, but they said, look, the white elephant in the room is... Uh, <laughs> you're not the doing that elephant. right. And, and the white elephant. turns out your friend was an accidental racist. Exactly. <laughs> so you're not doing that right, what you're starting you. there. You're starting wrong. Um, so, but the white thing, the, the, the big fat gorilla in the room <laughs> is that it's too dangerous for your career to go out and say things that you think are funny and everyone wants to fucking cancel you. They're or just write wait, a movie. They're yeah. waiting with... So yeah. Our stand-up special, yeah. yeah, like they're sitting there waiting with their knife and fork to fucking mm-hmm. cut you up, right? And and if you can just, you know, have this safe little career where you're, you know, you're still making around the same amount of money anyway, and you don't take yeah. any risks like that, and right. I'm sure they have entire teams of PR people and agents and managers and the studio reps are all advising you on you can't say that. Yeah. So and why would you go I'm to not, colleges and get hollered at? And do shows the way stand-ups used to do when you just don't have to. Just don't go. Yeah, and and I'm not saying anything original here. I mean, right. comedians yeah. have been complaining about this for oh, years. a long time. Yeah. So it's uh, like that to me. That's that's just like how how can that not affect the right. quantity and quality of comedy that's coming out? That's one of the reasons given that yeah yeah that's yeah um and so that's why like it's so refreshing to to watch Dave Chappelle. I don't know if you guys saw the new Ricky Gervais stand up. Yeah, so seen, fucking yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And and I I told Zayder I'm like you cuz I'll watch it again. It was yeah, that good. And I go you got to watch this because yeah. it's you don't hear anything like this anymore. He's yeah. saying shit that's so dark. Right. That and by the way, it's not that dark. It's just now considered dark because right. everything has gotten so safe. It helps cuz he's English though, doesn't it? Yeah, he sells he's it. not from here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. So, different. So, yeah. uh that, when those guys in Jesselnick is another funny one. Yeah. I like I like his stuff too. Yeah. Um and and so those are the only guys like that can sort of Ricky DeVries is kind of like I'm fucking rich. I don't care. Right. right. You can't cancel me. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't care. And no, and yeah. Chappelle's probably the same way. Yeah. Like sure. you could, they've tried to cancel me a 100 times and it never worked. Yeah. Other than that though, like if you don't have that standing and that power and that money, yeah, that stature, then you just you just have to take take the safe road, you know. Yeah, will uh, will comedy become rock music? <laughs> <laughs> Don't they stock comedy? Don't they stock comedy? The, Good question. But then there's also um, speaking of podcasts, like I don't know. I think we're funny, the three of us. Yeah. I don't know that other people think we're funny, but I kind of don't care. Right. Um, but guys, we don't have a but, lot of money. But though, so we're not we're not <laughs> professional comedians or try to make money making a living making comedy. So I don't really give a shit yeah. either way. Yeah. But that douchebag, speaking of SNL, who made some joke was it about Chinatown or something, and then they didn't let him on SNL. Right. 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 There was a comic that had a job as a cast member, and then he got yeah before yeah, right. he did yeah. filmed his first show. They he, kicked you know, him off. I think it was even and, from a tweet from years ago, uh, maybe even. No, it was he appeared on a podcast. Oh, okay. And he said okay. some joke about China. And he was talking like a like a Chinese person. Right, doing this. And yeah, yeah. At first you hear it and you go, Oh, there's the woke culture, you know, canceling something. And then you hear the joke. Yeah. You go, this guy's not fucking funny. We dodged a bullet by not having him on SNL. That's why he's on SNL, he's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> but he he I mean, that's the that's the other thing is like now everybody can have a podcast i mean yeah. look at us We're yeah example yeah. number one exactly so <laughs> because there's so many douchebags like us out there making at least that- the three of us are on one though you know yeah, yeah we all can <laughs> yeah. bother you ones. with two other ones i uh i want to take this opportunity to announce my podcast i'll be starting <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's called Where's Comedy with yeah. George White. My first guest is Will Ferrell. It sounds like a blast. <laughs> George is using us as a launching pad. Uh-oh, Where's Comedy? <laughs> it's 
Part of the Ear and Loathing Network. <laughs> Part of the Ear and Loathing Network. Spinoff. We have 18 episodes in. We all have spinoffs. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, you just got to find what's sort of intelligent now. Because, mm-hmm. like, there's not... Things are... Like, I watched the show The Boys. I don't yep. know if you watched that. It's, I, it's, it's, yeah. it's, I think it's pretty cool. And... <laughs> There's it's it's so dark and 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 violent and gory yeah. that they extract humor out of that sometimes. Yeah, no, yeah. which I find funny. Yes, and and it's done in a smart way. I think, mm. but other people might disagree with that. That's fine, but to me, if you're if you're erring on the side of intelligent, e- even if it's in a gory scene or something, mm. um, that is is a lot more uh, the direction you should be going in with comedy as opposed to yeah. I want to be the next Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of dumb sophomoric humor, which, you know, it, yeah. you can't do that anymore, first of all, because, like, booby jokes and stuff are just, they don't fly anymore. Right. Thank Christ. Like, who needs any more of those? Like, <laughs> on our text exchange, <laughs> on our text group tasks, we plenty of plenty of that. But not on the air, folks. <laughs> yeah, come on. But uh, anyway, so that's where I would look for for my, mm. for my comedy, is, is, is uh, on the, the smarter side, as opposed yeah. to the, boy, I, I really miss... Yahoo serious. Yeah. <laughs> serious. Wow, that is Paul. Oh my he was Australian? I don't even know. Maybe he's in the new the new Paul uh, Crocodile Dundee, right? <laughs> there was yeah, there was just like ads upon ads upon ads for that guy for like six months. Young Yahoo- I- Young Einstein or what was the name of the movie where he was something like that. Yeah, he had a Yahoo Serious had a movie and yeah. it was Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. He's no Yakov Smirnoff. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. Mm-hmm. Let, who else has thoughts about comedy and where we're going? No takers. No it's like a Zoom meeting. Anyone have questions? Anyone have questions? I, I have one thing. One thing that occurred to me that I kind of off is same topic, but that I'm sure all the other people in Saturday Night Live, all the the Kate McKinnons and the rest of that cast, who you know, for whatever you think about them, they're not Pete Davidson. Like they they studied and would busted their balls at UCB or Second City or whatever. Yeah. And this guy comes along with his long cock going, ooh, ooh, he gets, he gets everything. Yeah. <laughs> they just supposed to be rolling their eyes. It's just like, guys, oh, fuck, really? When Pete Davidson's going to do one of his <laughs> SNL segments where he talks about being Pete Davidson. Right, exactly. I mean, I have four characters I can do. <laughs> like, they're all great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't get it. He's him at the all. star. Okay. Well, I'll get a stupid tattoo in my chest. Right. <laughs> Do we think he's ever going to have a hit movie or anything or a show? There's already been two. He's had hit movies. Well, that's the thing. I don't know what a hit means. I mean, the, the, the last thing. He's had movies. Like well, King of Staten Island was in Judd Apatow produced that. Was it good though? Was it, did I people didn't like care it. about I it? I didn't like it, but it was on it. I'm sure it got a lot of views and, you know, stuff on Netflix or wherever it was. Yeah. And that was what, Aaron, maybe, do you watch that movie maybe a year or two ago? Nah. You didn't watch it? Nah. Didn't, didn't, didn't catch it. that one. Didn't catch it. that one. I was busy that night. <laughs> <laughs> that night it aired. Night it aired, I, uh, I missed it. Was it on NBC at 10? I missed it that night. <laughs> I, I just think in, in 10 years, we'll be having a conversation and we're going to be like, yeah, that, that guy with a big dick on SNL. What the fuck is his name? <laughs> he was he's a big dick. everyone. Well, and he had a big dick. He was like Both. Pat something. Fuck. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Like, we're not going to remember that guy. I don't care if he has movies now. He sucks. And he's, okay. he's boring and he's okay. not funny. And, and I'm interested him. in seeing a Pat Summerall movie. <laughs> I would like to see a Pat Summerall. He, he, he died recently? Who would pay not Pat? Not a biopic. Sum- I want him yeah. in it. I want oh, him starring oh. in it. Oh, yeah, he boy. Pete Davidson as Pat Summerall? Ooh. No, Pat Summerall as Pat Summerall <laughs> and Pat Summerall story. Now we have a pitch. <laughs> well, they've got that de-aging 
You know, okay. he, he can play his young self at 25, just getting into the industry. Okay, listen yeah. to me. Here's where, okay. He can also play his dead self. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Davidson as Pat Summerall. Stay with me. Okay. <laughs> I don't have anything else. I'm out. I'm out. I'm in. I'm out. I'm you in. Took me from, you took me from in to out. <laughs> did, George, did we solve this or not? Wait, wait, there is, I don't think there is an answer. There isn't an answer, but we can move on. But we can, we can still... Now, do I have to cue you up for this, George, or can can we? I'll, I'll do my line again. <laughs> we may never find out. Maybe there isn't an answer. <laughs> I have my answer. I have my answer. <laughs> that's the one. You that were... was good. Yeah, you you actually were ready that time. You've been studying because mm-hmm. that's that's the one that always just collapses. Come, and... come to rehearsal, would you? Come on, yeah. come on, learn, <laughs> let's learn the parts. <laughs> come on, man. Come on, man. I know you're banging Kim Kardashian. Come on, Pete. <laughs> Come on, Pete. Show up to rehearsal once Learn the lines, okay? <laughs> so, all right. You know what's not funny is you having to go into the torture chamber. It's not funny yeah! <laughs> I tried to think of a topic that we could talk about for a long time, but it didn't work. So, <laughs> all I can think is, like, get your ass down there right now. Torture chamber. Okay, I'm not going to bullshit you, Okay. I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm going to torture you anyway. Suffering. Anguish. Anguish. Yes, it's that It's that uh, time of the week when George has to go down to the torture chamber and eat his broccoli. He did. And get... <laughs> Fed balls. <laughs> so Aaron went first last week mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, Wasp, which means I think I have to go first this week. Yes. I know it means that. <laughs> I don't need to be told. I know it. I'm going to send it to committee, and we're going we're gonna to mm-hmm. table it and see what happens. All right. You're right, Aaron. All right. Committee, committee, committee. I'm just not even going to look at whatever. The th- I'm not going to anticipate it. I'm just going to sit here and fucking take it. All right. Here we go. Torture time, mm-hmm. George style. You call this torture? Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck yeah! The song fucking rules, dog. Uh, <laughs> pew, pew. It's the nature of the business. It's the smugglers' blues. <laughs> Dude, fucking zero Smuggler. irony cafe. Dude, I'm in. Oh. <laughs> I'm oh, in. Sweet. I have thoughts. Oh, Sonny Crockett. You know, hash. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Got some Glenn Fry, Smuggler's Blues, 1984 from the album The All Nighter. And there's some, there's a few facts about this song that you may have wrong, because a lot of people do, including me, until I read about it. But let's get into it a little bit. Sure. Into some good old fashioned rock and roll. I have the lyrics over here if you want to see them. No, I got them. I need your my fucking soul. lyrics. I was, I was in. I was, I, I, I was anywhere man. in 1984. 51 years <laughs> old. All baby. these lyrics. <laughs> all right. Uh, the politics of contraband. They hide it up in Telluride. <laughs> What's that? They hide it up in Telluride. I mean, it's here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kill everything. 
by the way, uh, let, I want to tell you real quick about that line. Yeah. I was looking up, you know, analyses of this song. Sure. And one uh, article I found was his uh, Glenn Fry's obituary in uh, the Atlantic oh. the magazine. Yeah. And they wrote an article about, about old Glenn. Wasn't focused on Smuggler's Blues, but, you know, it was just kind of about his career. It's as a an missed eagle. opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what the guy said. Um, this is a quote from the article. Not very long. Fry and Henley both talked a lot about how much they sweated on the words to their songs. And you can see that work in the economy and directness of Smuggler's Blues. <laughs> and then he quotes the line we just heard. I knew the gun was loaded, but I didn't think he'd kill. Everything exploded and the blood began to spill. Wow. Now, he... he what a rhyme. This is how I envisioned this, this uh, article coming down. Glenn Fry dies. And uh, I can just see the writer's face when he... He's the new kid on the staff, yeah. <laughs> and the editor's doling out assignments to the yeah. to the writing staff. Sure, and he looks at him and he goes, uh, "Hey, Junior, you got the Fryo bit. You're on Fry." And and this guy's like, "Fuck! How am I supposed to find something good to say about Glenn Fucking Fry?" <laughs> and the best he could come up with was quoting a line from Smuggler's Blues. <laughs> he goes, the economy well, of of his of his lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he goes. Yeah. Well, he. Rhymed. I would have loved that detail. Fuck. He, I would have. I would have. They would have said you got to fucking tame this down, bro. It's too much. <laughs> he found a way to rhyme "kill" and "spill." I guess that's what I'm going with. So anyway, that line is just. It's just. It's fucking horrible. And um. Ugh. And and I, it was so weird that someone you know keyed in on it as a good quote unquote good line that Glenn Fry wrote. Yes. Uh, I think not. Mm. Carrying on. By the way, that's we're gonna get into this later. I'll I'll actually sing it for you, but that that little Ooh. that little vocal affectation was so life in the fast lane. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, and if you and if you sing the melody of life in the fast lane over this song, it's what? it's the exact same song from the man who brought you from the yeah. And I'll uh, hey, something works, you know. I'll regale <laughs> you guys with my singing later. I I can't wait. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. anticipating. This is great. So here we go into I guess what you would call a chorus. <laughs> And so I'm going to uh, tell you something that I, uh, a concept I came up with. I'm considering this episode two in the epic song cycle known as Glenn Fry's Jagoff Street Trilogy. (laughs) And is the cooch part of this? this Very well could be. (laughs) Episode one, the heat is on lyrics. The heat is on, on the street. Episode two, Smuggler's Blues, we heard it earlier. There's trouble on the street tonight. Mm-hmm. Episode three, you belong to the city. You're out of your room and down on the street. You can feel the crowds in the midnight heat. Well, that's like well, Will and Spill. <laughs> like, <laughs> I now realize how confused, the same way I was confused by Run Joe Run and Run Joey Run. Yeah. I was, I was like, every time you turn around with Glenn Fry, he has a song about being on the street. It's from the streets. Yeah. It's all he knows. It's all he knows. Like, does no one point out, hey, Glenn, write about, like, I don't know, the beach or something. Does it always have to be, like, heat coming up from the street? And then Don Henley chimes in, as you recall, from our other episode with, can't you feel the heat coming off the street? And all she wants to do is dance. These guys are such douchebags. 
They really they had are. A big hit with life in the fast lane, lane on a street. <laughs> the la- there is a lane that. Well, that's that... a highway. I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they both have BSs, guys. Bachelor of the Street. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's they right. went. That's where they went. It's right next to the School of Hard Knocks. Bro. Right. They went to graduate school. <laughs> BS. So, uh, carry on. Nasty reputation as a cruel dude. He said he was, said he was crude. They had one thing in common. They were good in bed. Got the doctor. Lights are turning red. Not in the fast lane. Right? You're very close, yes. Very close. <laughs> they told him, give us a fa- give us a new lane. Give us yeah. lane. Give us another lane. We're not gonna add a add a lane to, to hit highway. <laughs> you know, I love the idea of them on stage are talking about it. I, said, well, I figure we'll do uh new kid in town, follow that up with lane. Uh <laughs> yeah, 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 just written on written on the sheet. Lane we'll fast up. hotel. We'll do lane with the special lyrics about uh, the Chrysler building. Glenn, do you have any cul-de-sac material? <laughs> Do I? How much time you got? <laughs> what rhymes with Boulevard? <laughs> Two, three, ho! <laughs> it's called I Want to Get Back to the Cul-de-Sac. And, yeah, correct me if I'm And also, too, for me, Aaron, you've, you've just been a lot watching a lot of Miami Vice. This song is so synonymous with Miami Vice, just because oh, of the content. Oh, yeah, that's all it is. Wait, was it in? Thank you. The, thank you for bringing it up. Yeah. The, the um, episode's called Smuggler's Blues. Oh, yeah, it starring is. Glenn Fry. Oh, and he's in it. Okay, right. I'll tell yeah. you yeah. the history because a lot of people, maybe not you guys, but um, a lot of very smart people thought that Glenn Fry either wrote this song for the episode yeah. or that uh, he was inspired by the by the epi- or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, he wrote the song and released it, and Michael Mann, who is the producer of right. yeah. of uh, Miami Vice, yeah. so it sounds so, like an episode was was in- <laughs> was intrigued by this concept of a smuggler you know having yeah. having the blues right and he uh sent one of his writers away to write an episode call and call it smugglers blues mm-hmm. and it has i guess it features uh crockett and Tubbs going to cartagena yes of course and uh and glenn fry plays the pilot who flies them there that's right so damn right he does so uh <laughs> it, th- believe it or not this song inspired the episode at first then, they don't like each other but then they forge a begrudging respect yeah that's right after participating in a shootout where Glenn, you think he's going to turn tail. He doesn't. Well, that's every Miami Vice episode ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so then, so the reason why I think why people got confused is now flip the script. He ended up in a uh, episode as, uh, and I think the song You Belong to the City was, yes, was like that's fe- a big, very, featured it, very heavily in that yeah, episode. He's not in that in the episode, video, though. maybe, right? Or something? Uh, yeah, it's something it's, like it's the yeah, first right. episode of season two, where they go to New York to solve a crime, and Don goes out for a walk because he's had it with the fucking Gotham bureaucracy. And so yeah. he goes out to fucking rip a few filters off a camel and, uh, <laughs> and uh, they play that song as he's walking in the blue light of the city. Yeah, what else do you want to know? Cause he's, cause he's a man of the streets as we've established. <laughs> he's on the streets. Yeah. That's right. In some espadrilles. Fucking pink right. <laughs> and he can feel the heat coming off the street. Yeah. Nothing yeah. says the street quite so much as espadrilles. <laughs> <laughs> 
This fruitcake's not wearing socks over here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait. Give, give him a reason to kick ass <laughs> and call somebody a bozo. Hey, bozo. <laughs> you don't got the stones. <laughs> you guys, confession. I swear I've never seen a single episode of Miami Vice. Really? Never. You did. are not an American. I just want these guys look like a bunch of douchebags. I don't I don't know <laughs> what I was the doing. Point. I can go masturbate for like an hour instead. Really? An and, hour? Huh. Well yeah. I'm sixteen. <laughs> oh, Come on. 16. Okay, right. So four times. <laughs> okay. All right, smuggle, let's, let's smuggle some more. <laughs> Bone smugglers blues, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, by the way, <laughs> let me get, let me right get this. Every, there's every great musician on this song. You know what? It's mm. about 17 guitar players, none of whom you would know, really? including Glenn. Oh. And then there's a studio drummer who played with a lot of people. Um, you wouldn't know him either, but he does have a, yeah. an actual resume. But no, it's just a bunch of oh. faceless dummies. I thought you were going to say, for like, so-and-so's playing slide guitar. Right, Jeff Percaro It's John something. Bon Jovi on slide guitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this part coming up right here, you know, I, I pointed out the uh, uh, Eagle, the Life in the Fast Lane earlier. Yes. This little part here, I went, oh, he's doing Mick Jagger from Gimme Shelter right here. Went, listen, to, listen to this vocal part sure. he's doing in the background. Sure. The, the intro of Gimme Shelter. You know, he's doing that, yeah, yeah, that high yeah, falsetto. Yeah. I think you're reaching. I never noticed that at all. I think I you're never reaching. I think that because it's a falsetto Listen, <laughs> in, a but descending, in a descending melody, <laughs> it's ripping off that. Come well, on. Listen, to the reverb on it and everything. I don't know. Come on. <laughs> it's very reasonable to, to say that. You're, you're look, looking for problems now. Dude, look. Poor Glenn. He's in the Glenn's, grave. Glenn's a piece of shit. <laughs> that's, that's all you're saying. Okay. You're right. six feet under. You had tummy trouble. <laughs> you had tummy trouble that day. <laughs> no, that's what killed him. He had, a, he had a, some kind of awful fucking stomach lining problem. This is, <laughs> sounds awful. It's from transporting all that coke in his yeah, stomach. Yeah, yeah, you have to do that. You have to do they that. They hide that's it up in Glenn's it. belly. Yeah. <laughs> he calls his ass Telluride. <laughs> tell you what. That's what he means, hide it up in Telluride. <laughs> hey, we got to get the Telluride out of this guy. <laughs> Aaron, you're a dick. When you hear this later, you can't hear it over the fucking Zoom call. Totally. I know what I'm not saying it's like. an exact ripoff. I'm saying it's very reminiscent, and I'm sure he. he I've never it. heard that before, so it's enlightening to me. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Aaron's trying to sabotage my, my torture. It's just not going to happen. It's fucking Smuggler's Blues. Blues! By the way, thanks for the long version. I'm pretty sure the single doesn't have that in it. <laughs> this, there was actually... That no, I think it single. does. Cause it, no, because the video, the video tells a full-on story, so they needed every moment of... Oh yeah, that is possible. The like great thing with the cops, the assassin. Yeah, I'm yeah, in the video yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. He looks like Castillo, but it's not. It's a fake Castillo. <laughs> it's Castillo. So many, so many small plot lines. Damon, out, uh, since out. you don't know, since you're not familiar with the Castillo, it would be uh, Eddie James. Oh, Eddie James, James almost. almost. This, is, he, this guy's Andrew James almost. He's almost. He, yeah, he's Crockett and Tubbs is boss. So. Okay. okay, that's right. Um, you're putting the whole unit at risk. <laughs> I did watch the video. That's for you, Chris Mason. <laughs> Sorry. He used to do a great uh, Castillo impression. What's this, Crockett? A requisition order for a Lamborghini? <laughs> putting the whole unit at risk. 
you, you, you do, I, I read, uh, you know, the story about, about Eddie and not, not looking at Don. Do you know that story, no. Aaron? All right. No, so I, no. I read a whole thing about, because you know, how he, he, he always was looking down right. when, he, when Don came in the office. He's had just about enough. No, always. And, and, no. And, and Eddie in the first episode, he doesn't like Don as a person. Or is acting or what he's doing in the scene. And so he's, well, I'm not going to, and he tells Michael Mann, like, I'm just not going to fucking look at him. I'm not going to look at him. <laughs> I can't fucking look at this guy. So I'm not looking well, at him. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't and really worked. look and at them for like for, a year. For the whole, for the whole first season, he didn't look at him. And then yeah. it worked. They're like, well, we like it. So keep doing it. <laughs> Wait, we made up. I want to look at him now. No. <laughs> no, we like that you're just, you're always looking down like, oh, this fucking guy again. Yeah. He <laughs> hates them both uh, for the first, because he's only in the first or the second half of the first season, because it's another right. guy first. Uh-huh. Um, and then so for the whole back half, they don't, <laughs> he doesn't give them the time of day. But then they're uh, all bro, they bro out in the, in the second season. Right. Huh. More blues, please. Yeah. <laughs> More smuggling, please. More smuggling. Perhaps you'd understand it better standing in my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. I think this is a little extra solo. Though now, I think now you're right, George, where they're adding this yeah, is some sweet extra soul. Yeah, it's going fucking ever. Nice. Sound of the streets. <laughs> Maybe, but it's only like a, according to what I'm looking at, a four-minute song. It's not it's not. It seems like it's, it's four days. Wow, seems like four wow, days. Wow, wow. Bigo, more of this bigo. fucking weird, this fucking slide guitar, whatever it is. <laughs> And also, you know, the obvious thing that we pointed out for the Don Henley episode, which we should explore a little more now, because the fucking hypocrisy of these guys, like, who, who's doing more coke than Glenn Fry and like Don Henley and Don Johnson? I was going to ask. In the studio at this moment. Yeah. I was going to ask that. Do you know when? I was going to ask. He knows a lot about the game here with this. Who, who decides to write about this? Okay. When did he get clean? I can tell you. When did he get clean? There's no evidence that he did. Oh. But um, I thought there was a year he did. No, Aaron. When he got healthy, when I was in high school, like I remember, because yeah. he did that. Oh, he did so those gym members, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what I thought. Yeah, yeah right. Because he, he said his one picture said hard rock, and then the next picture was rock, rock hard. hard. Right, I remember <laughs> he's using the yes. solo flex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Glenn Fry said in the 1986 book Behind the Hits, mm-hmm. they asked a bunch of people about their hit songs, and he said. You don't spend 15 years in rock and roll without coming in contact with entrepreneurs. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Ha ha, I get it. <laughs> I've wanted to write a song about drug smuggling for a long time, but I'm glad I waited for this one. It says everything I wanted to say on the subject. I'm proud of the lyrics. It's good journalism. <laughs> good journalism. Take it easy. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, God. The guy who wrote the obituary about this song was better <sighs> journalism than, than I this. thought I couldn't hate this worse but that quote just <laughs> he's such a pretentious prick i it's good by the way you a songwriter and a journalist <laughs> i'm a journalist now i'm a journalist first documentarian yeah humanitarian yeah uh clean and sober yeah i like to report on the hu- human condition and but really like this the, and henley's the same way all of their eagles songs not all of them but a lot of them were about you know finger pointing people and you know people who use drugs and you know living life in the fast lane and they were doing it more than anybody. You know, they're so fucking preachy. I can't, I fucking... Yeah, right, what you know, every, <laughs> every You think I would soften up on these guys or mellow out more, but I hate them more now, today, than I did ever. They're, they're just the biggest pricks. In fact, while I'm on the subject, I was going to save this for later. 
But I found a website. It's a Glenn Fry fan website. Believe it or not, I'm sure the traffic is you know is is incredible. Well, on you're that. the mud in their eye, aren't you? I, I, I think I'm the only visitor. <laughs> Welcome, congratulations! Like there's a bell ringing at the office. You guys, we actually had someone visit. But um, so he was talking about in this period. I'm going to say like more later '80s, a, a few years after this song, about how. Well, not long after this, when You Belong to the City was in the uh, Miami Vice episode, mm. and then Pepsi did a campaign with it mm. as well. Yeah, that's what I remember. That's yeah. what I remember. Okay. And so I guess he got some shit for it, for, for um, you know, selling a song, selling out, you know, to yeah. a cor- corporate yeah. Pepsi. So I've got, like, pages of quotes, but I, I, I bolded the ones that I really want to say that, that about his response in various interviews at the time mm. when he was getting shit. And do you guys want to know why Glenn Fry is such an unlikable, defensive asshole here we go (laughs) on selling music to corporations uh, for use in commercials sure i didn't add for pepsi they're a corporation but no one talks about the 20 million 40 million that these corporations injected into inner city projects (laughs) 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 fucking asshole all right and then uh i've got 21 people directly dependent on my turning over at least a million a year so he's trying to make you feel guilty. Because I got a he, big nut, guys. I got a big yeah, nut. Right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, you hired people. Uh, here's another one. Plus two, plus two elderly parents to support, and you know Reaganomics is doing nothing to help them. <laughs> he's rich. Reaganomics did everything to help I know. him. <laughs> Such a de- defensive prick. A couple more. A couple short ones. People drink soda pop. I don't consider Pepsi to be the enemy. <laughs> And finally, okay, sorry, a couple more here. Uh, This is from 1988, and I guess people like uh, Steve Van Zandt and Neil Young were giving him a hard time about this, about the Pepsi thing. And so uh, he goes, hey, man, having a social conscience doesn't make you a better songwriter. If little Steve and Neil Young don't like me doing Pepsi commercials, I trade insults at 40 paces. When has integrity even been synonymous with rock and roll? Yeah, he he and he. It was both of those guys were so exposed in the in the in the beautiful documentary, the Eagles documentary is fucking amazing. Yeah, but just like the pricks that they are, dude, yeah, just like yeah. extraordinary fucking pricks. He he take you know that that verse in uh, the Skinner song about Neil Young. Yeah. That's like a love letter compared to this. This yeah. is him still talking about Neil Young. My last quote, I promise, guys. I don't know what's worse, releasing 17 albums that sound like demos and taking the public's money for that, or me, or me taking a million dollars from Pepsi. Right, Neil? Who's ripping off who, guy? You haven't made a decent record since Harvest, Neil. In this, in this, in this case, we agree. Quentin and I are <laughs> right, case, on, case, right so on the same track. But you guys, how fucking angry and defensive is this guy? Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. He just sounds like a, a, a fucking man baby. Yeah, sounds like somebody else we've spoken about before on this fucking uh, podcast. Whoever could that be? Buns. Buns Jovi. (laughs) Exactly. Buns Buns Jojo. Good old old buns. (laughs) Nice buns. I like your buns. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I know. He's a fucking pill and a half, huh? Yeah. You know, you just feel like those guys should just be full of glee. No one should be laughing more than those guys. (laughs) Like constantly laughing. Laughing all the time, laughing. All the no one could bum them out or bank. say anything shitty. They just go, yeah, I know. I'm in the Eagles. I know. <laughs> and just crazy. walk away Who from knew? everything. I could have been a backup singer the rest of my career, but I'm in the Eagles. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you you did this and you fucked up this and you sold to this. I know. I fucking did it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back on Smuggler's Blues, we're coming in the verse now. If you remember the video, 
This is the verse where he's in the interrogation room. Yeah. And he's and he's uh uh testifying, if that's the right word, the lyrics. And he's mm-hmm. and he's acting yeah. out the lyrics. They did that quite a with bit. With a smoke filled room and everything. They did that quite a bit in yeah. the eighties. That was a very it's conventional way to do a video. Yeah, said. it's 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 pretty heinous, but uh here we go. <laughs> George is acting it out right now. Yeah. Bang, you know, a lot bang, of fucking there's, dealers there's a are microphone like, hey, and he's yeah, testifying. Right. Hide it up and tell you, right? Why are you why are you saying all of our shit, dude? Good. <laughs> right. Now that you you're guys straight, stupid, you guys yeah, stupid. This straight, is what they're doing. F- fuck up my fucking smuggling world because you don't do fucking hot frosty rails off strippers buttholes anymore <laughs> fuck you glenn but the rest of us that still have you know the rest of the 80s to get through <laughs> should i got a young man in south pasadena he's looking for a sack come on <laughs> what was what was that what was your thing in 1984 whatever you when you were you gonna graduate you were quote coming online hard with chicks and drugs <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I said drugs, but uh, <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> no, I said chicks and, and rock. And ro- oh, rock. Know. Okay. Did I mean drugs? You want to let me finish? I guess yes, I heard it too. wrong. <laughs> I think he said chicks and baking. <laughs> That's when you started your baking career, right? Yeah, I got um, a real fucking purple thumb from the grapes. At one point, we had to pull him aside. It was like inter- intervention. Like he was he was getting into like tarts and stuff, and it was just. Too I much. swear to Christ, you make another fucking flan. I'm gonna fucking. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't you, man. This isn't you, Aaron. This isn't Aaron. You're I more than in... Mexican custard, fucker. I this said it. The, this isn't the Aaron I fell in love with. <laughs> if it takes not being your friend anymore, because I tell you the truth, that that's the way it is. <laughs> uh, so the other the other uh. thing that maybe we could throw this on the table real quick because we're almost done with the song. In fact, we can stop it now if you want. I don't care. But um, okay, no hash. Okay with me. But what was <laughs> really what was his songwriting position? Because. It's it's almost a celebration of this guy's this lifestyle of being a yeah. smuggler and yeah. people are dying and drugs are being passed around and you know laws are being broken and blah blah blah. This is right in the middle of just say no. Oh yeah. And so I think that the only way he, no, cuz he gets shot at the end of the video but he yeah. doesn't say that in the song. No, in it, the song it's just kind of like open ended right. like hey, well, I guess I'm still a smuggler. He's just being a journalist in the uh, in the uh, <laughs> in the song. Right. I got to stay, I gotta stay undercover, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's Edward R douchebag. <laughs> All right, let's hear the rest. We should hear the rest. Let's hear it. We should hear the rest. For All the right. fans, in case people you are liking this. You should hear the rest. <laughs> I should. in Colombia and Peru. You ask any DEA man, I'll say there's nothing we can do. From the office of the president, right down to me and you. More you, Glenn, than to me. me. <laughs> I'm 14. <laughs> me and you. I guess I don't understand. Oh, sorry. The good line coming up here. But I really just don't understand. Like, who was the who was relating to songs like this? His heat trilogy. Like, who who was thinking, like, I'm I'm the guy out on the street. And, you know, there's like heat on this. Like, who relates to these songs? Because real guys who are in like crime and stuff aren't listening to fucking Glenn Fry. And so we've got kids who watch MTV couldn't relate to. A guy living in this the city life and everything. You sure. did well. Sure, you could. Yeah, I mean that's why you in watched. Burbank you were you were well, having these feelings. Well, no, well, yes, but <laughs> but you're, but the same thing is saying why is anyone watch Miami Vice? I'm not a cop in Miami chasing drug dealers, but it's exciting and it's sexy, and that's why you like a song like this. Sure, it um, fucking hooks for days. I think that people yeah. thought that it was it was interesting lyrically because it told a story. I mean, back to our story songs. I mean, this song is better than 
a lot of those fucking seventies story songs. And and it's and it's is it? And it's <laughs> I think it is. And, and as far as its delivery, I mean, it's 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 iconic. It, most people bag on it. I mean, I think it's goofy, but but like I but I also have a soft spot in my heart for Glenn in, in general, even though he's just a yutz. But like you know, hmm. I don't know. I mean, yes, it is goofy for real, for sure. And the Aaron, song do I have to redo those quotes again? <laughs> I have four more. I have four more pages. No, it, of it is. <laughs> It is so beautiful that he's he's such a fucking uh, humorless prick, you know. When like that's the thing that makes me love it so much. Where like he should he and Don just should be fucking playing Yahtzee with fucking doubloons, you know, and and, and they just have no time to call Mister Felder. Da, 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 da. Oh my god! Shut right. up! Right. Yeah, Mister Felder, as it says in the lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too bad Glenn's no longer around to hear us talking about him. <laughs> Too bad. Let's hear more of it. You know what? We're going to get a new pickup in fucking somewhere in Hollywood from to- uh, Mr. D. Felder, now a fan. <laughs> um, all right. So we're about to hit the best line of the song, right? I, uh, there's so many good ones. Yeah. <laughs> it's the politics of contraband. Yeah. Politics he had one of your hour-long J.O. sessions when he's talking the politics of contraband. Are you shitting me? That's the name of the record. Yeah. Oh, all nighter. We already did the art. Fuck. Oh, well. <laughs> Damon was having an all-nighter in his room. <laughs> oh. So, all right. Really, do we have to listen to any more of this? We don't have to. Because I think we owe it to the fans. The, the Glenn Fry fans. Yeah. They come to our show for... Uh, or people that want to argue it. You know, quality yeah. analysis. All right. I think he's done. Yeah, it's, we got 30 seconds of that. Okay. Okay. We're done. Cut it off. All right. So there you go. Some Glenn Fry, some Smuggler's Blues. Smuggler's Blues. Such a douche. In fact, I was talking to Zader about this last night because I was... It was a toss-up for me. If you guys listen to... Smuggler's Blues is, is sort of more uh, tangible to grab onto if you're just listening to it. Mm-hmm. But to me, We Belong to the... Or what is it called? We Belong to, you belong, you belong to the City, city is, a, is a way worse song than this. I would agree. And I was, and I was on the fence, but then um, Zader just started like, quoting lines from this song. And I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, it's... it's oh. It's got the, it's got these iconic shitty lines in it. Like I think it's way conflict. better writing than than. I mean, honestly, it's way it's more creative than uh, you belong in the city, concrete under your feet, living, yeah. in a, living in a river of darkness beneath the. Oh God, I fucked it up. Oh well, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beneath um, the neon light. This uh, Smuggler's Blues was written by Fry and a guy named Jack Tempshin. Who yeah. has a long history with the Eagles? He wrote uh, yeah. "Peaceful Easy Feeling" and co-wrote "Already Gone." So that motherfucker, having to do no work as far as like yeah, touring or recording or anything, gets two songs put on the, the biggest selling album of all time. And just, yeah. in fact, speak. I know my mom comes up a lot on this podcast, but he's in San Diego somewhere. I was gonna say, he's and been she, in a nice house in the beach somewhere. She, she's <laughs> met him. She's met him a couple times. I, I think they were, you know, went to the same charity events or something. Yeah. And. uh uh, she, he says she says he's a perfectly nice guy and everything, but who wouldn't be? You just wow. you wrote a couple songs and then the Eagles put them on their greatest hits, and then you just fucking. He probably doesn't just own like a house on the beach. He probably owns an entire beach. Probably like he owns all the coastal uh, land on Delmar. 
Like at yeah, Delmar. fucking Jackson Brown has a significant career, but truly the major money was from the Eagles. Was from the fucking Eagles co-writes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He didn't right. have to do a minute of studio time or he was at the photo shoot for the second record. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he had to do. Photo shoot. So he he came the by. Gunfighters. Yeah. Well, he was, because they had to do a bunch of the, the gunfight. Well, anyways. Yeah, the Desperado album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's I, Jack Temption co-wrote it with Glenn. That's really the only all right. Well, interesting. One, one thing, big ups to Jack because Jackie you, Temps. You, you try being around Glenn that long and not having it rub <laughs> off on you. Especially now he's a nice guy in San Diego. You try, it. right? Yeah, it's not easy. He was, you know, uh, sober at the time, just like whacked out on fucking coffee, being a dick, <laughs> <laughs> talking smack about Felder. <laughs> Glenn, come on. <laughs> Focus up. <laughs> yeah, okay. Come on, Glenn. Let's get back to work. What rhymes with politics of contraband? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> let's call it lunch after that line. <laughs> contraband. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Got some Glenn Fry for you. Schmolitics of mantra man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How about another slice of marzipan? No, but another slice of marzipan. <laughs> Oh, all Here, right. Stick this kilo up your can. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Dunzo. Done. Let's get another cup of coffee. <laughs> all right. So you ready to be tortured by Aaron? After that, yeah, yeah, I'm ready for anything. <laughs> all right. George Torture. Here we go. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> Okay, what's the year? It's Paula Abdul, Forever Your Girl. 1988. Uh, uh, the <laughs> yeah, uh, Forever Your Girl, Paula Abdul. Uh, this is from her first big record. Um, and uh, we straight up it, and all those. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's let it play for a bit more, and then we'll do a little uh, heavy duty uh, Paula background because okay. the I'd forgotten some of the things that were astounding about this. So let's let's listen <laughs> to the lovely voice of, yeah. of Paula Abdul. Yeah. Yeah, it, you didn't think it was humanly possible to put every effect ever on a voice, but guess what? They achieved it in the mm. song. Yeah. The, 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 I want you to think about a visual, actually, when you're listening to her voice. Um, you remember those, you see in like Little House on the Prairie, somebody got, like, say Ma has a wet rag, and she's got to make the rag dry, <laughs> and she puts it on the machine where she rolls it through the two tight rollers that, get, yes, that leave I, you with a dry a rag on the it's other side. A, that's the ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what her voice sounds like on the other side. Like, it's, just, it's, 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 like it's so squoze and and painful sounding. That's what it sounds like. So think of that. Yeah. Let's listen to it's literally a, a couple put of lines. Through the ringer. Yeah. That's right. The end product. Yes. Ma has go. a rag. <laughs> Say Ma has a rag. <laughs> so you're saying your voice sounds like a dry rag? <laughs> yes, on a good day. Uh, <laughs> by the way, this song written by uh, Oliver Lieber, who's the son of Jerry, uh, yeah. writer of Hound Dog and a million other things. Lieber and Stoller. Yeah. Um, so good job, buddy. He also produced it. Um, this album sold 7 million copies in, in its run and was on the fucking charts for... Ever. About two years, like yeah. for real two years. And in that time, six singles were released. And and it started out a month before the record came out in May with Knocked Out. Knocked Out. <laughs> then it was The Way That You Love Me in August. So from May to fucking August, all summer long, it's Knocked Out. Then Forever Your... Uh, no, then uh, Straight Up in November of that year uh, is single number three. 
Then single number four, all the way up till February of the next year, Forever Your Girl. Then go to June of the next year, Cold Hearted. Then go to fucking November again, uh, Opposites Attract. So we're almost out of the, into the third year. On the same that album? Oh, yeah. That same record. Yeah. Wow. Virgin, and, right, Jen? Or right, uh, right, Aaron? Virgin uh, Records? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Virgin Records. Mm-hmm. And so, and to put it in, the reason that I dislike it so, 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 so much, uh, and beyond beyond just the fact that I was telling, like, I just cannot stand her voice. Her, very, her voice is aggressive, <laughs> aggressive in its, in its badness. And, <laughs> and I will say the best thing I'll say about it is that she sings like a choreographer. So <laughs> you have a face for radio. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and I, I had thought I was listening to it today again. I was like, it's locked somewhere between. So it's out straight out of that, uh, Ma's, uh, squeezing machine. And then it's sort of like <laughs> Betty Boop and a prepubescent boy, like those poor, like the things they used to do to poor Michael Jackson when he was a little boy and they make him sing those Christmas carols that were way too high. Even then. Yeah. It sounds that uncomfortable. It sounds like they're ripping this poor gal yeah. apart. And uh, so, and then I'll say like on a personal level though, so that was what I just quoted you timeline wise was half of my high school career. So half of my high school career was occupied with this. Now, other things were going on at the time, but this was so huge that it was everywhere. And right around 1988, I'd been with the Monas officially for about a year and a half. We were playing shows and we were, you know, working on our dreams and sort of our fantasy scapes about what could happen if you were in the rock game, our solid business plan was being formed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And so I'm so High charts, <laughs> but th- when this, this song, this album was so huge, I was immediately started even with the hubris of the ignorant that I was the ignorant man. that I was, I, I started to question what the fuck I was doing when this is happening. <laughs> so here I am a fucking junior in high school. And I'm like, I don't know what, what's the fucking point. <laughs> like America has clearly said yes to this and, and, and the world has said yes to this. And like at the time, Damon and I weren't right. We were helping arrange songs, but it was all Al all the time in our band that she was writing everything with very, with some exceptions, but I knew Al was never going to be interested in doing this. And I knew Damon and I weren't ever going to be interested in doing this, assuming we ever started coming online as writers. And so I was like, I don't know what the fucking point is. <laughs> and it like really brought me down. Like when I reflect on this time, one of the things that get me is that I hated this album because it made me feel vulnerable in a way that I had, hadn't felt before as a mm. spazzy kid. So I like, I literally felt like I have this dream and it just got taken away from me because this is also true. Years later, it happened again with the Dalton Grant experience when the first Coldplay record came out. And everybody was saying that what we were doing was passe. The thing now was Coldplay. Oh, and I was like, when you're I, I just don't yeah. see, I just don't see this. And, f- and that was the second time. Every other time I would just have balls of steel. Fuck them. Fuck you. We're going to do our thing. It's only a matter of time. But so when I reflect on things that really legitimately, for some reason, hurt my feelings and hurt my progress was that <laughs> these two albums. So, wow. Yeah. So like. You had brought this up when we did Limp Biscuit episode, George, where you're yeah. like, I figured this would bum you out because you were trying to make it then. Never affected me in the slightest. Oh, right. Yeah. They weren't occupying yeah. space that I was interested in occupying at all. And my dreams had sort of moved to a place where I wasn't going to be bothered by a pop sensation that sort of had there been a new Paul Abdul at the time. Yeah. 
But Paula fucked me up, man. Paula she fucked you up. up. She's the one. <laughs> yeah, dude. Six and singles. So you, how long did this go on? Oh, it's like she's oh my God. dating it another guy. <laughs> it kept happening and kept happening. It was so brutal. And so uh, uh, so I have a real personal vendetta against <laughs> Paula Abdul. So, but I will say this. Yep. You know, I will say this. She was found by uh, by this by this A&R dude who, uh, what's his fucking name? Uh He's fucking guilty is what he is. Uh, found by this dude and knew her because she had been this with Laker girl and right. had been found by the Jacksons and worked with Janet and did a bunch of work there and like worked on the notorious video for Duran Duran. So like she's out there and working, working, working. And then she meets this dude um, who worked for uh, uh, A&M and then started working on her career. What the fuck was his name? I guess it doesn't matter. Um, the a r person I remember that for Virgin was her first name was Gemma. But this they is found a guy, the guy. Oh, the guy I'm okay. talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so like she's like, I'm a singer too. And he goes, Okay. And so <laughs> <laughs> I started working on this this fucking record that I just told you, seven million copies, six fucking singles, da 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 da. Cost seventy two large to make. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so like that was not nothing back then, but even then I'm sure that was no money. And by the way, that includes the services of MC Scat Cat. <laughs> yeah, dude. You try getting that guy out of bed for less than 69000 You can't. You can't do it. <laughs> That's the majority of your budget right there. So, so like, it was brutal. Like, and I reflect on it now. It goes, surely it wasn't that big a deal. But I remember being depressed by it. <laughs> and, I mean, Damon knew me then. Like, I wasn't the kind of person to be just, like, morose or depressed about things. But, like, this got to me, and it lasted, yeah. as you say, George, for fucking ever. Yeah, <laughs> this record went on forever and ever. I remember when, when uh, Paula Abdul's song would come on the radio, Aaron would, would head straight to the kitchen and start baking. <laughs> <laughs> now, seriously, though, do He's you remember all this, Aaron, uh, Damon? No, he kept... Like, Aaron, Aaron, you just kept this to yourself, yeah, didn't tell your other band members. Well, yeah, you're not going to say... I mean, at that time, I mean, we were pretty, like freaky deaky but like we weren't going to have like that kind of a bro to bro like it was also probably something that i was coalescing like i was trying to put it together yeah why am i feeling a sense of desperation about this <laughs> nothing bit of business but i did it really was tough and because damon and i weren't really writing that much i felt even more out of control because like i couldn't rise to meet it and i typically had an idea like when people would get mad about like other musicians get mad about popular music of the day, whether it be Backstreet Boys or whatever, I'd be like, no, 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 no. You're looking at it the wrong way. This is exciting the market is the way I would tell myself. Like, this is exciting the market. I'm not ever going to do anything like that. So what difference does it make? That's great. The little girls have something to buy. They always do. And so, but I couldn't work my head around this. There's something about this. my shit up. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, so. she's forever our girl. Let's hear it. <laughs> she is, dude. Forever. We're 13 seconds into a five minute song. Okay. <laughs> Uh, coming up soon this is just the same thing i have one more bit of nugget to share with you but okay. beyond that i just needed to tell you my piece <laughs> you needed to go through ma's ma's rag machine <laughs> i do dude put me through it let's play some more of this uh joy she put our ears through ma's rag machine <laughs> all right here we go <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, so Damon, when you talk about like the '80s that you when you argue that the '80s were dog shit or certainly not worth the praise that people desire to give it, the late '80s. This is what's in your yeah. This is in your mind. I think it's like songs that are like this with a dumb sax and produced like this that sound like garbage. I think that's what you hear. But like the same year, music for the masses was out and it was a great fucking record. So like, 
kick was out this year. Great stuff going on. So like well, it yeah. existed, but God, this sucked. And this was so much bigger than any of those. My larger point is like, it seemed like in the early eighties, if you looked at the, you know, the, the top 10 at any random time, you'd find a lot of good stuff. Right. In the late eighties, it was the complete opposite. You'd yeah, occasionally get something good. Mm-hmm. The, the, they flipped the entire script on, on yeah. music quality from one half the decade to the other. That's, that's, mm-hmm. I guess my point. Yes. Yeah, no, that's, that's for real. And also this this saxophone is it's, a, is it's it's awful, 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 awful. Is that a guy it's, in the background? It's probably yeah, MC it's, Scat Cat. It's two dudes <laughs> is that, who, uh, is that who have some sort of clever name. Is that Lieber <laughs> no, in the background? No, no it's the, the dudes dancers? who actually did do the uh, MC Scat Cat stuff uh, vocally, but yeah. they, they appear over here too. Uh, yeah, this is also that time period, and we heard it with Samantha Fox where they they felt like they always had to bring in a rap guy oh, yeah. to, 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 to color it. Yeah, yes. and, have, and have a dialogue betwixt uh, yeah. to, to, that we could take part in. And some very a whole heavy song. DX7 bass. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, and the guy's getting paid by the fucking note. He's all over the place, man. Yeah. I, I was going to ask, just listening boop, to this boop, vocal boop. again, um, do you guys think that, that this was even one, you hear about this with heavy metal records a lot, where they had to go line by line. Oh, dude. And this one, they maybe went word, word by word. Yeah, right. They just it did a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah it because it's not easy to, you know, she'd never been in a studio before, let alone being with limited, 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 limited skills. Like she was an athlete as a dancer. So she was set up for what that would be like, but it's not in her discipline. It's not in her discipline at all. So it must've been awful. Yeah. And it was. (laughs) All the 72 grand. Oh, God damn it. It sounds like it sounds like a car crash, <laughs> running over my very soul. And I'm glad that they they were able to work in. Uh, I gave you my heart, and nothing's going to tear us apart. Yeah, that's good a one. good one. That that was a uh, not exactly um, hound dog. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a dagger into my into my life. This song, <laughs> an existential dagger. Yeah, yeah. I love pop, man. I love stupid pop. And I, and I find this like you're drowning and you're wearing like chain mail and you're trying to get off you. But each verse is like another layer of fucking chain mail. You're sinking, <laughs> sinking, sinking, sinking. Oh no. Heavy enough for you. <laughs> the sweet layer. bliss. <laughs> the sweet bliss. <laughs> Davy Jones, here I come. You forgot the helmet. Spray it down there and she's down there in a scoob outfit. Even if I promise you that one. No! Everyone around the world, come on! Wasn't that bad? Makes you yearn yearn for fucking cool in the gang, dude. Just yearning for them. Yeah. 
Well, you figure, uh, Mr. This the guy who wrote this. His old man had no problem ripping off uh, Big Mama Thornton and everybody else for Hound Dog. Why should he worry about ripping off Cool in the Gang? <laughs> Did are you saying that that Lieber and Stoller stole Hound Dog? What they there 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 was. Uh, there's plenty of evidence in a, in a Zeppelin-y kind of way yes. that they just, they rehab, they would rehab songs. And like, yeah. you know, it's like putting Alan Freed as a fucking co-writer. Alan Freed was a fucking DJ. You know, I think they were all oh, criminals. Right. Well, that was just to get royalties. Pay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't have been credited as a writer. They're fucking, as fucking criminals. It's fucking highway robbery. The better than no, the but fucking you're, look, There's a difference between someone like Elvis would get credit on some of the songs. He obviously wasn't a writer, but they would just yeah. say, well, Elvis wants a little piece of it because he's Elvis and he can get it. Fine. You're claiming that two of the most celebrated songwriters ripped off other people's songs. I'm not claiming. I'm stating it. Yes. <laughs> no, I've never heard claim. that. I've never heard that yeah. before. I'm charging yeah. them. I thought yeah. they wrote it for Big Mama Thornton and then it just then Elvis covered it. You know, I don't know. It, it, I think that, that there was, I don't think that that's true, but you know, it, it's, it's fucking just as likely true, but like those people in the same zeppelin kind of way, it was just co-op city, you know? Look, and, I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just yeah, saying, no, I've I, never I, heard I that story before. My... And I always thought that the, uh, out of all the kind of dickheads in the music industry, Lieber and Solar were kind of straight shooter. No, I think I, that they're also great artists and, and, and probably very straight shooters, but I also think that that's an example of a song that they didn't write. Can I say that, this that is, it wasn't their you, that it wasn't their complete property? George has a thought, but first I just want to say, Aaron, like George, didn't do the proper research this week, <laughs> <laughs> and therefore um, we what need happens, to man. go back to the to the old drawing board. Okay, that's right. Can I'll I, call you in an hour. Can I say something? Guys? I was I was too worked up about my therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, really coming coming face to face with forever your girl. Aaron's coming face to face. Yeah, right no, now. it's tough. I'm right sweating now. down here. Oh boy. I, I what I was going to say, guys, is you know, this is a great discussion. We're talking about Paula, though. <laughs> this isn't about Elvis. Her? It's about Paula. Yeah. No, you couldn't get further away from the king uh, than Paula Abdul. All right. Oh. Carrying on. Carrying on. This is, I'm pretty sure we're not even going to get halfway through the song, but <laughs> it's unnecessary. <laughs> it's, we're a minute and a half in, and it's a five minute song. Yeah, because you're not going to go, you know what? I hate it more now that I, I was thanks, into it. Thanks for pick, picking the long version again. It's <laughs> the 12 inch Aaron Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, go some more. Take those horns. This guy sounds like a, a bit of a puss, doesn't he? Like, <laughs> he, he gets yeah, he's he's really reassurance. Right a puss. Where are you from? 1971? <laughs> As a matter of fact, don't I be am. a puss. <laughs> no, like, she's got to sit here and reassure him that, that, she, yeah. that she likes him and everything, and, you know, mm-hmm. needy little, little, little wussy. Well, yeah. She's yeah, forever no, girl. Like... No matter what happens to him. Right. Yeah. Unless that's you, what she's saying. Unless like, you keep he, up this bullshit. Yeah, but the reason that she's got to say all this stuff is because he was crying like a fucking biatch. Because he's such a puss. Because he's such a puss. Yeah. These two deserve each other. Yeah. With that voice and Forever. his fucking lack of sack. Sack yeah, lack. She's, she, she, you're right about her voice. It's like, like Castrati laugh at her. Yeah. No, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's like a fucked up voice. Yeah. It's something wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, In fact, the, here's yee. one of my only Paula Abdul anecdotes. I always remember when when she and uh, Elton John were doing a 
Pepsi or Coke commercial. Do you remember that? Was it Coke or Diet Coke or something? Kind of. No. They were singing a song together in this commercial. It was for either Pepsi or Coke. I don't remember. And Elton starts singing, and it's Elton John singing, and he's got that rich, full, you know, beautiful voice. And then she comes in with 75 layers of processing on it. Yeah. And they're doing a duet in this Pepsi commercial. Yeah. I just remember thinking, oh my, because when she's in her own song, surrounded by all this, this, this cheap Casio synthesizers, yeah. like you don't notice it as much. You yeah. notice it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But right. the second she's on this, like within seconds of Elton John, you're just like, holy shit, yeah. this bitch can't sing. Yeah. No, like she's just not, it's just not, <laughs> she's not built for it. It's like Samantha Fox is like. Why are you asking this woman to do it? But like Paula, Paula, according to this dude whose name I can't fucking remember, he's he's way like you know we're gonna learn how to sing together. She says I can learn how to sing. I want to be a star. I want to get in the studio. You know, so like she wanted to work hard, and you know she did, and fucking sold a massive record. But god damn it, <laughs> to yeah. what? Yeah, but like, what is the consequence for the world? This song doesn't seem to have forever your girl is that that's the melody right that's all mm-hmm. yeah. that's all i'm taking away from the song not one other hook other than where she ripped off cool in the gang uh, yes yeah, yeah that's the, the, the that's the biggest the one and it's not hers good, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this song is it, it's like it's there's no substance to it at all i don't know anything that's going on other than she's singing to this this little wimpy guy who's crying when you were talking to the waiter it looks like you guys exchanged looks yeah. You know, like he's, this is that real... your impression of the guy? Yeah, that was pretty good, wasn't it? Just like, great. take it easy, Mark. Yeah. Mark, <laughs> Mark. I was just getting another drink. But Paul, okay, it's just, it's just that I love you. I know him from acting class. <laughs> but you're not an actor. I'm not a singer either, you're, Mark. That's not stopping anyone, anyone else. <laughs> All right. <laughs> This douche is is playing the role of the of the yes. needy boyfriend. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's all making sense now. But he seems more with it than the guy she's clearly talking about. I don't know. It's all over the place. <laughs> with it, he's more with it. <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? We're analyzing Paula Abdul. <laughs> I know. Right. Don't like every Spending week, a beautiful Sunday doing this. We get to get. I know. God. I could be outside. Aaron's sharing his hurt with us. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I had to tell you I was vulnerable. He's, he, he had to tell you it's you know. two times in my life I was vulnerable. That's it. I I've, I've <laughs> I don't care what anybody about, says about the previous comment about the Pepsi commercial. Yes, um, in any way was um, Glenn Fry paid for this commercial? <laughs> <laughs> you know he's defensive about and it. You know what? He yeah, needs shit. I'm with I'm with Elton Paul. I'll get make your money. Good on you guys. It's just soda pop. Fuck you. <laughs> soda pop's not the villain. It's soda pop, by it's the not way. The devil. Soda what are you pop. fucking on a on a stoop fucking in the fifties, New York? You know, let me Come tell on. you something soda else. Soda pop. Let me tell you something else too. You think I've got a nut? I heard Elton John's got a four million dollar a month nut. It's gotta make money, guys. It doesn't grow on trees, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That like I've got <laughs> One million dollar. I got people depending on me. I got a, one million dollars a what month. I, what a what a man like me has to do. Yeah, you know, to take care of everyone. That's twelve million dollars a year. Just do the math, okay? <laughs> oh, God, I'm an asshole. I got a couple parents bleed me dry. Yeah, over here they're sick. <laughs> Those cunts don't show any sign of dying. I guess they got old. <laughs> My old man, that fucking hooker, he's still around. Don't get me started he, on he that. He told crap. me I was gonna, not going to be anything. Well, now, now, now I, uh, now I need my my breathing oxygen machine. Uh. He still wants Islanders tickets. <laughs> what's Islanders tickets? Whose agent has to make a call? 
Highlanders tickets. <laughs> uh, gee, Glenn, uh, you know, if I could sit by the glass, the seats weren't so good last time. If you could tell your agent. <laughs> I mean, you know people. You're famous. It's a big deal. Come on, I figured life in the fast lane is good for a couple anyways. Come on. <laughs> they give you free booze down there, Glenn. Uh, then he's on the Jumbotron. And here tonight, Mr. Bob Fry. <laughs> Bob Fry. <laughs> I bought this ranch in Malibu, lousy with adult diapers. <laughs> Working for the old man. Still bitches. <laughs> it's never good enough. <laughs> They're three ply. <laughs> I've said it 50 times, dude, you, you little pansy. I love you. <laughs> no, but do you really love me? Just play the song. <laughs> I'm trying to entertain the people, George. <laughs> the guy in the Netherlands, this he loves isn't the, the way. <laughs> the, 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 people, the people come to us for our kiamity. Oh, boy. Fuck. officially halfway through the song <laughs> we made a pact early in the song would we get halfway through are we gonna keep going what do you think no that's fine <laughs> i don't give a shit if george if george hates it anymore or any less later on it's my quality of life i'm concerned about now okay, it's I, wanted to tell- I have to save myself and yeah, it's, it's- i told george exactly why it hurts me so bad yeah. and what he takes from that that's up to him now and, and it is drawing out some toxins from your past. I, th- oh, I feel God, like yeah. you, you sort of did this to yourself, but I'm sympathetic <laughs> and I want to know if, if we should continue or, or should we cease the pain? Well, we're, we're turning the screws. And if as 50% of the screw turners, uh, I, 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 I'd like to retire. But George, George didn't have an existential crisis in the, in the eighties from this song. It's not, it's not my business what he's, what his problems were. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much they're going to cost the outfit the band is animals? <laughs> you know, it's confused oh, him, are you? I'm fucking crying over here. <laughs> all right, so uh, vote. Should we continue? We or? can stop. It's fine with me. All right, we all vote to stop because fuck this. Fuck Paula <sighs> Duel. Fuck the guy. So fuck the better. needy guy who she's, who she's yeah, having to deal with. Yeah, fuck him too. I mean, as much as I don't like her, I, I do feel bad for her that this guy's her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like forever, okay? Do you get it? Fine. Jesus, I'm forever your girl. I think that's what she's saying. Like, shut <laughs> yeah, the fuck up. I got it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> so, yeah, we have come to the end of the torture session for this week. And yeah. we have The Smuggler's Blues by Glenn Fry and Forever Your Half of Forever Your Girl by Paul Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> and now we turn the, uh, the stage over to George, and uh, it's his moment to shine. George is the decider. I'm the decider. And th- this one's easy. I fucking hate Smuggler's Blues. If we had played the entire Paul Abdul, would your, would your decision have changed? No. And, uh, and uh, with all deference to Aaron, when that song came out, I liked it. <laughs> what? 
Oh, God. So many things are learning about you today, George. I know. <laughs> I know. Wasp and this. This is a rough day for me. <laughs> you liked it? What's the matter with you? I did. I liked I liked to, I liked all I, I I didn't I didn't buy the whole record, but I had a couple of these singles. I definitely had straight up. I think I had this one. Jesus and I like Christ. I like it, it, as we like pop music, Aaron. I know I'll never convince you, but that 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 pre chorus that it's like cool in the gang, which I didn't realize until you pointed out. And I don't like it now. Like and, and back then also I was horrified by her voice. <laughs> and everyone was. Apparently was not. A, I was. I was, but it's it's a good it, that whole record's a, a a great pop record. That's why it has seven singles on it. You know that mm. song was on that record. Right? I do. Okay, just checking. I do. But in the way you'd like Katy Perry or whatever, like it's it's good pop music. Who likes that? <laughs> don't, put, don't put our fucking problems on our I, doorstep. I'll listen, Your problems on I'll our doorstep. I listen to Teenage Dream all day. <laughs> I uh, and so I, I did. It's like another that chick song. who's going to scream at you. That who's going to scream at me? These chicks are all screaming. They're all yelling. <laughs> no, no. Her voice is is classically the worst ever. And even back then, everyone talked about how bad it was. And and even the second record was worse. I'm thinking of that it just one. didn't bother you then. Promise of but a new day. I, I don't. I do no, not because, understand that that logic though. But I liked because I liked the songs. I liked it. That are being delivered from her face. Her face, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. We sort of touched touched on this in the Samantha Fox episode. I remember what, you know when we were watching her video and uh, listening to the song, and she can't sing. I mean, she's she's the equivalent of Paul Abdul on every level, except for the fact that I don't know about you guys, but I thought Paul Abdul was hot back in the day. Uh, it's yeah. not a question of whether or not she was. Cute. No, I, Aaron, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm ju- justifying. I'm saying the reason why, like I, I never had any. I didn't want to listen to Paul Abdul. Her songs suck, um, but I didn't have an emotional reaction to her because I, I just like to look at her. So I would yeah. just like that was when yeah. you're when you're yeah. well, how old were we at that time? Like nineteen or eighteen or something? Yeah, I was twenty three, but yeah. yeah, yeah, and and so I just want to look at chicks yeah. when I'm that age, and so of course. Uh, I thought that uh, she 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 didn't repel me the same way that Samantha Fox did because Samantha Fox not wasn't that cute and had shitty music, but Paul Abdul was cute. I like them both, and now I'm thinking about them together. So, <laughs> and but they're not singing at all in, yeah. in this fantasy at all. Um, I, I I have to ask you though did did someone tell you that I hated Smuggler's Blues? Because I've joked about that with with Bingo forever, and maybe you too, Aaron. We've, right? We've joked about it on the show. Okay, have we? Because I Cause hate there, that the, fucking song. There so was bad. there was one. Well, good. I I landed on the right one because I was going to do uh, "You Belong to the City," and I'm glad. Yeah, would that would that no, have? I, forever your girl would have won. Okay, I made the right call. But um, the uh, smug, no smugglers blues. We've talked about. In fact, a couple times on episodes, we've done the smugglers blues yeah, yeah, about I, something yeah, else. Yeah, I. Yeah. I think someone sang like that, and we we did yeah. the smugglers oh, blues. Thing. God, it's. So I didn't know you hated it that much, though. I yeah. That's good for me. Bad for Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can, I'll take the loss happily. I, what, I, what I've also lost, though, is my friend. I, I, I don't understand. That's the harder. What's, that's that's the very much harder George. thing. Yeah, Jerry, I've lost wow. my friend. I can never write a song with you again. Yeah, I'm brokenhearted. I lost, like all the pain that I had before is suddenly resurfacing. Well, I, well, let me let me let me shrink you a little bit here. Awful. Okay, let me, awful. You know, well, you know, look at who had trouble with Paul Abdul, right? You. And yeah. who went near her again and now has lost a friend. So who's, <laughs> you went near it again. Whose fault's this, Aaron? Come yeah, on. Trying to address it. Try to be a fucking well, productive member of society. Well, you gotta <laughs> leave teach me. Sometimes Bottle just, it up, America. Just, just don't go near it again. Just don't go near this again. You're going to lose something else. No, I'm fucking stronger now because I saw that, it, like, that she like, yeah, I'm fucking stronger. No, she can't defeat me anymore. Aaron just texted Amy and said, honey, preheat the oven to 425. <laughs> 
<laughs> no more baking. I I'm going it. to get some blueberries. <laughs> a couple of torts and I'll be fine. I'm not talking wall-to-wall cakes. Would Do that, we have any sour cream? <laughs> Aaron, would that make this the torture chamber? Tort- hey, thank you. Hey, <laughs> bong. All right, so... Uh, Some sorbet, please. I seem to have won this round. If anyone's following along, the score is now Damon 7, Aaron 6, George 5. I'm in the cellar again. I'd expect that from a guy who liked Paul Abdul. And Wasp. <laughs> Love it! <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. It was a huge day for George. It was a huge day for me. <laughs> I love this one. I love this one, too! <laughs> no, not love. You know. <laughs> They don't bother. Record buying? You record buying liked it. Yeah, I did. Uh, Yes, I did. I record buying. I didn't buy the Wasp record. (laughs) Anyways. Anyways. Please play something else. So we do have some sorbet coming up. We do. And I I hope you like it. (laughs) And uh, I think we need uh, the dulcet tones of Majel to to, uh, glide us in. Maybe you guys will hate the sorbet. Maybe. (laughs) God, I wish it was you belong to the city. It would be so fucking perfect. Sorbet. Purify. Let's purify everything in this room. Yes. Shall we? All right, so let's get into the sorbet, courtesy of Mr. George. Here we go. Da, 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 da. What? <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm looking at and hearing a song I've never heard before. Yeah. And I'm looking at a very odd song title. Is yes. there, do you have an explanation about yeah. it or should uh, we listen a little more? I want to see if Aaron knows what this is. Oh, do you? Judas Priest. Uh, um, uh, is this Diamonds and Rust? Green Man with the two prongs. Oh, Green Man Lishi. Right, right. Yeah, yeah Green Man Lishi. Yeah. Uh, of uh, By uh, Peter Green, I think. Yes, wrote this. exactly. So, Eric, so Damon, this is a Fleetwood Mac song that they covered. Oh, no way. <laughs> That's what I love about it. That does sound like a hippie title, yeah. like a psychedelic sort of title. Did yeah. you ever hear their version of Diamond and Rust, uh, the yeah. Joan Baez song? Yeah, they do Diamonds Damon? and Rust, and they also do um, no, Better Than You, Better Than song. Me, Spooky Tooth. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. This a little the- odder, I would think, though, to do, like, are you fucking doing Joan Baez? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I considered that one, but I like this song better, and, and I have some reasons why. Go ahead. <laughs> and I like how Peter Green got his name into the song. That's right. Yep. Green was that machine. deliberate or was that just a coincidence? No, no. LSD. Now when the day goes to sleep and the full moon looks And is so black that the darkness cooks The the main riff in the in the other part. Um, well, I'll ask you when we get there. Yeah. Okay. Don't expect that. Yeah. The sixteenth makes it go. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe that you need 
that riff. Yeah. Was that in the original? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, but I mean, they made it their own. I, I was going to say it wasn't as heavy. They, they, you know, it's it's weird. The uh, The original is just creepier because his vocal delivery, and it's not as melodic, believe it or not. Hmm. They made it more melodic. And what nice. I and, and part of what I love about this is that, um, I, to me, it, to me, it's genius for them to think to do this song, even though when you hear it, it's it's less weird than you when you hear it. You think, oh, I can see how this would work. It's because you think Fleetwood Mac, Judas Priest, yeah, you know that's too far apart. But but they had already done the other two. They'd done Diamonds and Rust and and uh, and Better Than You, Better Than Me. And I, I love that this. This uh, this is the beginning of the melodic metal and the height of their career because British Steel is next with Living After Midnight, Breaking the Law, etc. All the and then after that point of entry and then a Screaming for Vengeance, which had, they're locking that, it in. That's they're locking it in right that, here. Yeah. Like th- th- for them to pick this and do it the way they did it and make it more melodic than Fleetwood Mac had is something of magic for me yeah and this were, is right when they're also yeah. figuring out that they're gonna was it on british steel where they figured out that they were gonna do the outfits uh like, you mean like do like do all the more than heavy no that, that's where they start on this record this is hellbent for leather aaron but it was oh, uh, right, okay. well, killing machine in england some. in england right. it was killing machine and oddly the one that the, the, i chose this this version of which is the studio version the thing they broke out on is this record comes out 78 and 79 was unleashed in the east which is the live in japan and that's where yeah. this song became a hit was off of that. <clears throat> I just don't like the live version as much as I like the studio version. But that's where they that's where they started to break out was with the live record the year after this and then British Steel. I so that, love I, I love that they decided to do this and did it so well yeah. and made it their own. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. like, you know me, I'm not a, a huge, I don't, first of all, I don't associate these guys with like, you know, poison and stuff like that. I, no, I, I know the difference. Yeah, okay. different, yeah right. But um, just... Hard rock in general, it's a, it's a, a lot of hit, hit or miss for me. But these guys, over the years, I've I've warmed to them a lot. Yeah, they're they're fucking good, and and they've got a handful of great songs. That when I hear, I was at uh the Yard House in Pasadena. Yeah, sitting at the bar having dinner, mm. and they've got they just run music videos there, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and with the with the audio. Yeah. And I, I'm hearing this song in the background. I don't think I could see the TV or see it very well. Like I would have had to go around the bar to look and see what, what was on, but I'm hearing yeah. this great groove coming yeah. at me. Yeah. And I'm and I'm thinking, Jesus, this, I was thinking it was like either a new band yeah. or it's like a Tom Petty song that I couldn't place. Cause you're hearing a lot of bass. Yeah. And you're not hearing yeah. the, the full crispness of the song. Cause sure. it's kind of a echoey bar. Yeah. And finally it's just bugging me so much because I'm loving the whatever I'm hearing. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? And I go around the corner and it's fucking Judas Priest. And it's, it's <laughs> the original video. Yeah. And For I, what song? I think it was uh, Breaking the Law. Breaking the Law. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not that anyone would ever think Tom Petty is Breaking the Law. But yeah. you know, it's when you can only hear the bass, yeah. you're like, who, what fucking yeah. song is this? And uh, I just went, I was really surprised that I, I was loving the song so much. Not that I ever hated it, but I just never cared about it. And then yeah. suddenly I'm I'm just going, oh, great song. Turns yeah. out I'm a Judas yeah. Priest fan. Yeah, what, yeah. what the fuck? It's Sir Moore of the Man Alicia. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sneaking around trying to drive me mad. What? <laughs> did, 
Did yeah. they bring in uh, uh, Kenny Aronoff for <laughs> that, Phil? <laughs> Les Binks, baby. <laughs> now, uh, Judas Priest, I know um, Iron Maiden. I, I, I like, there's a documentary on YouTube about them, and it's like 18 hours long or oh, something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I love, I, I don't, I'm not a big Iron Maiden fan, but I lo- just love that documentary because there's, they're constantly replacing guys. Oh, yeah. Right, and, right. and, uh, I've watched that thing like a million times. Yeah, it's really I good. It's so relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, um, did Judas Priest have the, a lot of the same guys, or did they keep rolling through different Almost members? Almost all the, the different drummers. Yeah, but uh, the rest of them all the same. Everybody, I think, right? Aaron, they, they never changed the bass player, right? It was always Ian Hill because he's. Well, it wasn't always Glenn. Uh, it was always Rob and KK until KK right. left. But but right. Glenn came in a couple albums before this, I think, when they were still in the weird sort of like zoot suit hats. Yeah, they. And well, then Aaron, I'm sorry, Damon. They have drummers. a career like goes back into the '60s. Oh wow! Yeah. Called yeah. Judas Priest. Oh yeah, so mm. the, yeah, yeah. They, they, it they wasn't even through. originally Rob. Yeah, it was. Joined. They have a. They have a. It's. It's. They're older than you think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nice. Yeah. But they. But it was always Rob and KK. Yeah. They went through so many drummers that Phil was started by one drummer and finished <laughs> by another one. I think three, Aaron, three drummers. <laughs> oh, dude, I think it was more than that. I mean, was bizarrely, it? my favorite. I mean, I'm not concluding now. Holland. Including, you know, yeah, you know, and everything before Ripper was in it and all that. You know, yeah, I the, think there were really three, Judas but, Priest. Yeah, Dave Holland was my favorite. Dave, right? Uh, Dave Holland, because he, he, I think he, this maybe is the last record that Les was on, because Dave Holland's on, yeah, on British Steel, th- yeah, three or four, and right. all the ones that had the best feel to me are him, mm-hmm. um, even though he, he interestingly looked the worst. Yeah, because the <laughs> mustache looked, and all, right? right. So <laughs> like, like he's way up, too up high. He looks completely with no fluid motion whatsoever, yeah. but it makes for really like hooky fills. Anyways, yeah. that's not what we're talking about now. Anyways, yeah. I got a big fan of JP. Yeah, go do it, do it. <laughs> Adam Clayton on bass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm really cr- curious to hear the, the Fleetwood Mac version. Because I know it's the previous version of Fleetwood Mac, which was pre-Lindsey Buckingham and everything, right? Peter, yeah, even, Peter, even before Bob Welsh. Even before Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were they were pretty much a strictly bluesy yeah. blues band. Yeah, right? and well, so the story is he, this is towards the end of when, when Peter Green's in the band, and um, he takes LSD, and, um, he has, and he's having financial problems with the band. And that's the reason he's probably going to leave. And so he, it's, so the green is all about money. That's what the green man, Alicia is. Ah. And he has this, he has this acid LSD experience and then writes this song. <laughs> what is, what does man Alicia mean? I don't know. Oh, does, does Peter Green know? <laughs> I don't know. It, it came to him. There's no, it just came to him. <laughs> but the green Fair. is yeah, money. It's yeah, money. It's like a, uh, like a gen- early Genesis song title, right? Kind of. You're yeah. Like, what right, the fuck yeah. are these guys talking yeah, about? And then yeah. you ask them, they go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I took LSD. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I, what I didn't know was I, I, I didn't know until I read this. You know, the, 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 Peter Green was is considered a great guitarist, and you know. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea that was. I, I, I knew he had done this, and there was versions of Fleetwood Mac prior to this, and you know, prior to the one we know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that he was revered. Like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, interesting. Yep. Yeah, people who give a shit. Yeah, like who are shredders, love him. I'm assuming mostly for like the vibe and stuff like that. But yeah. like, you know, they love him. Yeah. Cause you're the- 
And what I think what's been turning me on lately about Judas Priest when I hear them is their their riffery yeah. is is like almost on an ACDC level. Is well, yeah. a lot of the dun 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 dun. dun. He they loved the grinding. I mean, that's it's. I'm not saying they sound like ACDC, but that kind of where, where the whole band's just like chunking together yeah. through oh, these yeah. riffs. Oh yeah, it's fucking Agreed. great. Yeah, they well the, yeah. the those two guitar players. It's similar to ACDC the way they operate. The two of them. Yeah, KK and Glenn. It's uh, it's similar. Yes, I get it. Aaron, we're gonna say something. Oh, uh, it's 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 it's. Uh, they're more of a meat and potatoes rock than. Maiden is that sort of bonanza rock. Um, <laughs> we have more proggy. It's a lot of that. <laughs> you would never, it. You would never find that with uh, with Judas Priest. Yeah. Um, and it's always just fucking just thick riffs, but not thick and 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 plotting like Black Sabbath. What I just I do not get. Yeah, um, it's just boring to me. Like they're just fucking rad and and and. Big fucking hooks to me. Yeah, always. I was gonna say he, he brings his voice and and the melodies. He, I'm assuming he writes the melodies of the songs, or do they all write? I think Rob, I think so. Does. Okay, yeah, but this so is a cover. He, so he has like a total. Well, yeah, but in gen, yeah. in general, like he's bringing that oh, yeah. energy yeah. of his original stuff to this, yeah. which is as Aaron said, hook. It's like he's got a pop sensibility in this in this hard rock band. Well, you know, Rob's For gay, sure. right? You don't say. Yeah, right. I didn't know. Well, for years, no one knew, and he, I think he—that's what he brings to this. He brings a flamboyance with yeah. the machismo, with a right, and, you know. and the whole leather. Th- like that's when we were kids. You know, it was always like, I want to go hang out with the village people. They look fun. They're You're all right, dressed yeah, up yeah. in costumes and everything. <laughs> and Freddie, think- Mer- Freddie Mercury running around with the you know with the tights on and everything, yeah. and then this guy in his leather. Right. And you were just like, oh, this rock rock stars are so cool. You're right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think about. And by the way, they're still cool. But it was just a weird, like you never thought of anything uh, of their sexuality other than that. That guy probably gets so much tail. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's all you thought. Right. Yeah. And we were right. And we were right. <laughs> we did. It's tail is tail, friend. Yeah, that's a, that's a fat, chunky ACDC riff to me. Yeah. It sounds great. Yeah. Probably more like Bon Scott era, though. Yeah. Ending such ass kicker. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that ending in the original? I don't know. Didn't listen mm. to the whole thing. <laughs> oh. you, you Bad guys, research. Yeah. Terrible research. We're gonna we're gonna have a discussion off the air <laughs> about, about, research. about your research. About research. Uh, yeah. Um. So, where would you consider that in your pantheon of Judas Priest songs? Is that one of your favorites? Uh, yeah. It's it's in the top five. Yeah, it's in the yeah. top five. And I just, and I kind of not rediscovered, I didn't listen to, I don't listen to Judas Priest, you know, my regular life that much. Yeah. <laughs> but I heard, it came on, it came on the, on the radio, or, you know, on Spirit Sirius somewhere, like whatever, on Ozzy's Boneyard or one of those things. And yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, this fucking song's great. And nobody, 
Bingo and I share a, a, a real love of this. And his whole way of guitar playing is just that grinding. No one's better at him than dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Bingo's so good at that. Right. But having a pop set sensibility on top of it. Yeah. And that's what I loved about this and the uh, precursor to the next records and how this was showing you who they, were, who they were going to be. Yeah. What were they like before this? They were they were just... Uh, it's not that they were different. It was Would I know ponderous. a song from the earlier... It was more ponderous. It was like, yeah, it was and, sort of and heavier. It was heavy. This yeah. is where more the melody started to come to make them more uh, accessible, like Breaking the Law, where a Damon's going to hear this in mm. a bar and go, oh, wow. This is cool. <laughs> and the Living After Midnight, you know, I sounds, love that one sounds like Kiss. You yeah. know, it's such a very Kiss-like song. But the they were more like Black Sabbath earlier, as far as sort this, of like plotting and yeah. sword and sorcery, you know, just heavier, <laughs> just heavier. Yeah, yeah. So this was, and and just the choice to do this seems so weird to pick this song. Yeah. But then when you look at the other things of them picking Diamonds and Rust and uh, and Better Than You, Better Than Me, which I don't like those two as well as this, although Diamonds and Rust is worth listening to too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this I bet you way more people know this version than than the uh, Fleetwood Mac version. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Right? I don't. I didn't know there was for years. I heard this song and didn't know it was a Fleetwood Mac song because it yeah. sounds like a Judas Priest. Yeah, song. you're right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know either. So good sorbet. Yeah, and you. you know what? Like I needed something like heavy and and you know just like throbbing to get yeah. me out of that Paul Abdul yeah. garbage we had just been through. Yeah, and Glenn. And Glenn. Yeah, yeah just. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's tough stuff 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 man stuff stuff <laughs> yeah we we knew the job when we signed up for it we're not complaining but we have to let off steam once in a while that's right uh so yeah that was uh apparently oh, look at you guys we didn't even break two hours you want to talk some more <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> i'm okay i i feel satisfied <laughs> It, you know, it, we didn't, the show isn't as long as our usual shows, but it does feel like we did two today. It does. It feels like a double. Yeah. It feels like (laughs) we doubled down on love. (laughs) Doubling down on love. Good night, everybody. (laughs) So ear and loathing, the Gitmo bros are saying goodbye this week. And, uh, so that will wrap up episode 18. Wow. Old enough to buy cigarettes. Can they buy cigarettes? Is that 21? I think 16. You can serve in this man's army yeah, it's now, It's at least too. 18. Is it? Yeah. Vote. Yeah. And you, we can, you can go to Vietnam. We can fight for your freedoms. Our uh, our, our episode can now uh, fucking has to join the selective service. That's right. That's, That's yeah. you have to, Yes, you have to sign up. So start smoking, start voting, and start, uh, I don't know. <laughs> start smoking and voting. <laughs> and, and get on over to basic training, because That's right. we are wrapping up episode 18, and we'll see you next week on episode 19 of Ear and Loathing. Number one rockers forever. Bye. <laughs> Ear and loathing. Hey, go. No. Was he your ex-boyfriend? No, 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 no we were no. just friends. They fucked. Mom, take it easy. Lower it. I'm, I'm not gonna lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next week for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.